Trekkies and Trekkers. Welcome to this amazing Star Trek podcast on Trek Tuesday. I'm your host, Rinda, and together with my lovely co-host, Amanda Hopper, we'll recap every two weeks an episode of Star Trek, starting with Star Trek TNG. All the episodes will be recapping chronically following. We will approach each episode with humor and a feminine look. Today's recap is of the episode Lonely Among Us. So, let me introduce you guys to another episode of Star Trek. And, of course, my lovely co-host Amanda Hopper will help me with this recap again. Hey, Amanda. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Good to hear that. So, we're going to talk about the episode Lonely Among Us. First reaction on it. It was an interesting episode. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns to it. And I think there's like two different storylines throughout this episode. Dealing with a space cloud anomaly and these two delegates that they're transporting on the ship that had a bitter feud with each other. The, the Antigans, I think the name of one of them. I forget the name of the other one. No, one, 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 one was the Salies. Yeah, Celiax. One one group looks like lizards, the other one looks like furry cats. Yeah, it was... I think this is one of the uh, memorable episodes in TNG, especially in the first season, because I think when you see it, it will always stick in the back of your mind of, okay, yeah, that was that episode. So, so it was yeah. uh, like a bit unusual at some points. Yeah, it does. And also, uh, what I always think of those delegates was, um, and I always had to laugh again about it, that they think, uh, or replicated meat, food, they think that is barbaric, and they were the hunters. Yeah, they think, uh, yeah, they thought hunted food was better than the replicated food. I, actually, I would like to try replicated food because, hey, you don't have to clean up dishes. You just replicate your dishes away and replicate your bones away. You don't have to go through all that dirty thing of hunting. You just say, oh, I want a T-bone steak, computer. No mess. Yeah, and those, uh, they say it were tools, but in the end, we see that it is like, hunting tools instead of just mm. normal tools yeah so, they said oh these were tools we used for hunting or something like that he said and they explained it that it was very innocent but it wasn't so uh there was two guys that the two different groups they brought on neither group like each other like liked each other i mean no and they have to go to it some kind of a a seminar on uh, the parliament and they also talked about uh, what kind of uh, if they are really suitable for Starfleet or uh, the Federation of Planets yeah they're I think it was the uh, that asked Picard are you sure they're suitable for membership of the Federation yeah and I had a little 
pity with Riker and Tasha Yar because they had to uh, be in service of those delicates. And yeah, they well, basically had a babysit them. Yeah, in a way, yeah. The first scene was that the delicates came from the two planets, uh, the Anticans and the Celes. And like you said before, they are like uh, deadly enemies from each other. And they, the Enterprise have to take them to uh, the Parliament for this seminar. Then we have the scene that Jordi, uh, I mean, Worf is helping Jordi. And with some boring stuff and... Jordy asked Worf, why do you help me with it? So Worf said, uh, I had a, a very intelligent uh, answer to that. And he said, well, our captain wants us officers to learn, learn, learn. Yep, you're, they're always learning new things on a ship. You think, yeah, basically they, they're learning day after day. No matter what they're doing. But also, uh, then Worf got that uh, some kind of an energy shock. And yes. He changed. Yeah, like he was uh, basically possessed by whatever electrocuted him. And what I, uh, I really like about that uh, scene as well is when Dr. Crusher uh, checked on him in, I thought it was maintenance. Uh, not in the engineering, but somewhere else. And um, you could see actually what she had in her medical uh, bag. Tricorder, hypospray, hypo and um, well, I forget what else was in there, but I know her tricorder and hypospray were in there. Yeah, you know, the weird thing is I had all those medical stuff because I had that for my um, Dr. Crusher cosplay. But when I moved, I lost them. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I really hate it, but okay, I'm trying to get them back in a way. So I hope I can find them or I need to uh, 3D print them. Oh, that sounds fun 3d printing it takes a while to print certain items too i guess well i know people who are doing it so it can be done yeah that's true what happened examinated by dr crusher and uh now he is in the sick bay and he was totally out of the world and he couldn't remember what happened and then the energy shock went from Worf to Dr. Crusher. Yes, it did. Like he, he's he's laying in sick bay on the on the bed with this uh, thing across his chest. It's like a I don't know what you call it. Some kind of scanner thing over him. And she's looking on him, examining him. And the next thing you know, the electric shock goes into Crusher. And then she uh, acting strange, and she went first. Uh, I remember to her quarters and Wesley was there and she, he was explaining her some kind of a theory and then she came with, oh yeah, the house is on the, 
on the bridge. So she went to the bridge and it was totally weird how she was acting. But Jordi had a, a, a funny answer where, because she said, oh yeah, right, this is the helm. And Jordi was saying, yeah, this is the helm last time I checked it. Yeah, that part was funny. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, this is the helm. Last time I checked it, it's right here. I must say, Jordy is quite funny when he's get going. Yes, he is. He can be. He has, and I think he has a lot of humor in him. I think that is is also why his relationship with Data is kind of what it is. When Doctor Quasha was on the bridge, all Simpson systems were gonna get into a malfunction because i think when she touched one of the systems the electric bolt went into the computer system i think at that point and she's like what am i doing on the bridge yeah and i think that was the weirdest thing in it and so the enterprise was in trouble for a bit and then we have the next scene where that uh, the Anticons are causing for problems, and that was the scene with uh, that innocent tool uh, to find living praise. And so Riker was saying, "Okay, this is going to be a problem. I take all your weapons." into me and you will get it back when you beam down back to your own planet yeah because and... i think i think one of them uh didn't it one of them uh lasso riker with a with a rope like thing so picard and riker and i thought also the Anatoi were in picard's wedding room and they talking about uh, the situation and well they make a comment uh, there about uh, the state of the enterprise if it was in this state the enterprise wouldn't have left space dock so it's just uh, i thought it was a few years old and picard was saying how can this be it's a brand damn new ship and we got all those uh, malfunction uh, get sorting it out and he said that maybe also to uh, the chief main engineer Singh because there was everything, all the action going on and off. So, And uh, Data, while in the ready room, he was all Sherlock Holmes style speak. And he was also smoking um, um, one of those uh, pipes. Pipe. Yeah, and that was uh, the first thing, of first time, Picard was talking about Sherlock Holmes and after that Data went uh, sorted out and find out who Sherlock Holmes was and he came with those quotes of what um, Sherlock Holmes had said and of course the pie was one of his things that he used to get into character maybe a little bit too much in character because yep, you'll see that in, you'll see that in future episodes of him and his Sherlock Holmes adventures. That pipe. Yeah, but also uh, you can see when Data was talking and 
Picard was a little bit annoying and he was saying, Data, quit the pipe, just be here and I, wa I need the uh, information. We're coming back to um, e-engineering and Wesley had more or less found a start of a solution and where it's coming from. And quickly after that, there was from the consult that Chief Engineering Singh used, the energy shock came over to him. He died. Yep, he did. The air, like, it went through Worf, it went through, through Crusher, then it went through the computer system, but it, for some odd reason it went through the computer system into Singh and it killed him. But that was a really strong energy shock. Yeah. That's true. You know, yeah, because really, uh, like when you think of it, when you think of it, his hands were touching the compad when the electric shock went through, so it would have been stronger. That's probably how it killed him, because it was stronger because he was touching the pad. Yeah, but maybe it was also that it was centered into the engineering, and because that console was near the warp core, that it is that's why it is so much uh, energy, and maybe. The alien outside wanted to test how vulnerable uh, people are. Oh, yeah, that's a possibility. You probably want they probably want to test that. So we're coming to the next scene, and that was the scene that Tashiya was questioning the delegates, and that was also that the Anakin delegate tells her that they have caught a big meal. What ended up <laughs> one of the sailors' ambassadors. Yep. yep. They, uh, they uh, caught, apparently, one of the other delegates and cooked him up and ate him. What, of course, was a barbaric thing is that of eating meat from the... Uh, um, a replicator. Um, so, what goes to the sick bay? Because Dr. Crusher wanted to ask him about his uh, memory blackout. And you see Worf being a typical Klingon because we all know Klingons don't like doctors. And No, they do not. I remember an episode that. Um, I thought Worf had broken his wrist and he went to Dr. Crusher and she said, well, that's, that is not unlike you, Worf. You never go to the doctor. And he said, well, I am kicking my pride and uh, I just want to check it out. And I think there was a, that scene was a little bit of uh, the human side of Worf. But... You could really see in the beginning of uh, TNG that Worf is typical like Klingon. Yeah, Cause I think the Klingons, a lot of them, they were stubborn, they were strong-headed. A lot of them, I think, were opinionated, but they were warriors too. And they, I think they said something about a warrior feels no pain or something like that, and they want to meet death head-on when they go to Stovagor, I guess they said. Yeah, and... I must say, the Klingons in TNG did it for me because that's in 
later season you will have more background episodes about the Klingon world and of course with Worf and but the stupid thing is because TNG is my first T uh, Star Trek series I always compare the Klingons what they make now uh, with the Klingons from TNG I don't know if you have had to have that the same thing uh, I did catch some of Discovery on Crave and the Klingons are so different in that compared to TNG. And the weird thing is, I uh, heard that in a documentary, uh, the first season of Discovery, the Klingons were very, very different. But in the second season, they are more going to the TNG Klingons. Oh. So, you just saw Discovery Season 1 for the first time? Well, it was a while back, but I'm going to rebuy it on DVD eventually so I can watch it. So, yeah. Worf being Worf was very strong-headed and told Dr. Crusher uh, Dr. Crusher, why did you want to see me? And Dr. Crusher said, well, it's about your memory blackout that you have, I have, and well, sing is that, so that's the only thing we know. And Troy says that she wanted to bring them in hypnosis to see if they can get their memory back in a way. And I must say that was very weird for me because Troy didn't use any objects so she can hypnotize them. No, there, I guess there is different ways you can hypnotize people, like through suggestion, their fit, your finger, or like there's different ways, like there's different ways of doing it, I guess. Did the hypnosis, and we see only the hypnosis of Dr. Crusher, and she was talking about some entity that was in her body, and she could only um, she couldn't do anything because the entity had had token, taken over her body. Tashiar and Riker and Data went to Picard's ready room. And she tells them that the questioning of the peace delegates were... And one thing that they got out is that they light all of them. That was also uh, <laughs> the scene that Picard said, okay, they, they, let's proceed without the pipe. What was a little bit funny. Yeah, because Data was, Data was uh, smoking the pipe and it was making uh, Riker and uh, Yar both kind of almost giggle like to themselves, but it was really annoying Picard that he was smoking and speaking like in Sherlock Holmes style. Yeah, and um, at that moment they couldn't use that. That data was exploring Sherlock Holmes. Then they got a call from, I don't know who it was, from the bridge, that the helm was malfunctioning. And we see Wesley again on the bridge. And although he is just an acting accent, I think he... It's solving more problems than the officers themselves. 
<laughs> yeah, he was basically solving a lot of the problems faster than, than the uh, officers were. Like, he's like, oh, this is supposed to be this and not this. Like, he would have things figured out faster than they would. You know, I want to say I think that Wesley has maybe the uh, insight of figuring out or sorting out those problems. And I think he learns more on the ship itself than in class. But of course, every child needs classwork, of course. But still, I remember one scene in another episode that that was the episode when uh, Dr. Crusher had to go to Starfleet Academy and became the, the head of medical. Um, and Wesley should have gone with her, but he didn't want to. And I remember a scene with Guyan in Tamu uh, forward, and he was oh no, that was with the nanites. That was with the, was with the nanites and Doctor Scrub, and there was um, at the end it was Wesley's fault that the Enterprise computer was full of those nanites. And what would I want to say? I want to oh. Yeah, you could say he was in Ten Forward with Guinan and uh, Guinan asked, um, do you really think doing this extra project um, gets you a high figure? And he says, I'm too smart, I always get an A. So, <laughs> yeah, that was the point. I also think, yeah, you could see how smart he really is. And it's no wonder that he, yeah, step into the ranks so high because so fast because there are not many children who are at that age and acting ancient. Nope, it, it was a rare thing for for a kid Wesley's age to be an acting ensign and still be in school. Yeah, and you know that was also in the episode when. Wesley went for his academy uh, exams. Yeah, because he was considered the youngest, I think, to take the exam. Yeah, but also you could see about his experience and of uh, the things he already been taught on the Enterprise is that he has a huge advantage of it. So let's get back to the episode. The Endicans and the Sailors are hunting each other down. And that was... Um, yeah. I think for us the, the barbaric thing. And... When... They were... Looking what's wrong with the... Helm... Array... Picard get that... Energy bolt. Yes, the bolt went into him, and it kind of basically possessed him. Where it wasn't technically him talking, but the energy alien creature was talking through him. Yeah, and it was really, uh, of course, we know it was really weird how he acted, but when he was between the helm and ops consult, he was sending an energy wave to the whole ship so everything went down 
and everyone went down. Yeah, they got blinded by the uh, the lightning bolts that he was sending out throughout the through the uh, ship's main deck, and everybody couldn't like they couldn't see him because it was that bright. I think we have seen that before, but this was totally different than uh, the other other energy bolts. But in a way, he uh, blocked everyone out, and he went to the uh, transporter rooms to beam out, and that was a very dangerous thing, because Picard would be only energy then. Yeah, he would, like, if he beamed out, he'd mostly be, like, energy. And the Enterprise went looking for him for about an hour, and they couldn't understand where he was. There was no indication, not on the scanners, not on every test they did. But they knew Candy Cart was out there. Yeah, he was just basically uh, flo- flo- floating out there like a, in, in amongst the energy cloud as energy. They just couldn't find him. No, and after an hour, they really needed to go to the parliament because they need to deliver those delegates. And at that moment, on the Helms consult, where Jordy was sitting, appears a energy in, as in a P for Picard. Yeah, he was letting them know that he was still out there. That he, he's like, help, I'm still out here, I'm still alive. Well, and then, Data became smart again. And he was saying, well, I have an idea. This may be helping. We need to go to the transporter room quickly. Troy and Riker followed him. And I thought, if I remember correctly, they reversed the transporter being so Picard would be coming back as human in the transporter room. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, I heard in one episode they have everyone's DNA on file in the transporter. Yeah, and that would help bringing him back. And I remember, and that was also in one of the other episodes, with Scully, that they did that the same way with Scully. Yeah, he, him and his uh, bud was uh, uh, stuck in a transporter loop for, I think, 60 years, I think it was. But before Troy, Data, and Riker went to the transporter room, and I forgot that I see it just now in my notes, it was also Troy who felt Picard. And then it was that the helm console went nuts and the P of Picard appears. What, of course, was really a little bit strange, but okay, and, you know, what was a little weird was that when Picard was out there, Troy couldn't sense him. No, she couldn't sense any reading of him through her telepathic mind because she just couldn't read him. And just because the energy P of Picard appears, 
She could feel him. I said, that's weird. First she doesn't sense him, then she does sense him after the pee appears. Yeah, that's my point. So... I'm like, that's a continuity error right there, wouldn't it be? Or maybe it is the case is that um, Riker or Picard was telling them that the entity was abandoning him. So maybe oh. that's why she could sense him then. You remember that uh, also Dr. Crutcher talked about that there was someone in her body, but she couldn't do anything. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, because it was uh, Picard was acting funny when it was in his body, and it was controlling him, basically, so he was say, saying stuff, but it wasn't through him. It was through the creature that was saying it. I, I must say, I found it was a little bit weird alien energy-ish thing because if we are looking also and I'm also going to refer to another episode there was an episode that there was a energy form life form that came into Diana Troy and then she had a little boy oh that episode yeah I love that episode yeah, so, it was like a ball of light, and then when Troy, she had a baby in less less than a week, apparently, or a few days, and it just wanted to grow up to know what humans were like, like what people were like. Yeah, it was very curious about the human life form, and but when I was talking and thinking about that, maybe the writers did that because this episode with the energy life form was so fake what the energy life form really was because they don't talk about that they don't explain what kind of a life form of or alien it was no they just thought it was just a cloud in space that they went through so i think that episode with diana troy was maybe a making up episode like okay maybe we did that wrong and now we're gonna make an up to you fans yeah like they are like oh whoops we didn't kind of give a history of what this thing is but we'll give you this episode to explain better although i did like that episode with diana troy and having a child i love that episode too so because being back to the Enterprise, and he was very surprised about what was he doing in the, in the transporter room. So, Riker laughed and said, yep, that's our captain. And then, Tashiya came in, very uh, panicking in a way, and she told, oh, sure, good to have you back, but uh, it seems that the Antican delicates had eaten one of these, sorry, delicate and I do think Picard's reaction was a little funny with it because he was saying oh Riker this is your problem now I'm going to head back to my quarters and get some piece of this everything Riker said to your lieutenant couldn't you wait just for a second hello the captain is just back of course it's it's an episode ending with that the Atticans, Anticans have eaten one of the Selicans, they had it coming in the end. And I mean, 
like story wise. Don't say that they didn't have much of a story about the two alien races. They just had them sprinkled in throughout the story, and you're wondering what's going on with these two while they're on the ship. Well, we found out that one kills the other. In one way, I think they had could do more with the end of it. I don't know what your opinion is like that. Well, we could have had more story about the the Antigens and the other group. Yeah, but I also mean of I would love to see that planet Parliament and how everything ended with the delegates on of course the one of them ate one of them and now they have to go to some kind of a peace conference and uh, be introduced as maybe a potential ally for Starfleet. Yeah, you don't get to be a potential ally in the Starfleet membership if you're going to eat one of your enemies. You're going to a peace conference, you don't eat your mortal enemy. Yeah, and my personally personal thoughts was about it i would love to see a little bit more of it because like you said it's kind of two storyline this episode and story is seen between them is that okay you they hate them they hate each other they hunt each other and they end up eating one of each other yeah they should have showed them arriving at, at, at the peace conference. I think it would be interesting how this all coming out before the peace conference and how they, uh, what their feelings were and emotions were to go on a peace conference knowing that one of the species has eaten the other. So, we are at the end of this episode now. Is there something you'd like to add? It was an interesting episode, yeah. Yeah, it was. And like I said in the beginning of the episode, um, I think this would be one of the episodes that will hang back in, at the, in the back of your mind because it was so noticeable in the way of how it is written, but also how the story went. Yeah, it was an interesting story for this one. So, the last thing we still need to do is um, rating it. What do you think about this episode? Well, it was interesting. It had had interesting storylines, like two different stories, I think, going on between like the Antigans and the unknown uh, cloud that they traveled through that was possessing people and shocking people. It was, it was an interesting episode, to say the least. And what number, how would you rate it? Around a 7 or an 8. I'm comfortable to give this an 8. Yeah, It's not the best, that, but it is. But I think this is the only episode and maybe uh, the only episode in the whole Star Trek franchise that it is that had two storylines. 
Yeah, there, there are probably quite a few episodes that have double storylines. Okay. I've, this is a question that is a little bit uh, off-topic. Well, off-topic is it, it isn't, but it's about another Star Trek series. Did you see already the first episode of Star Trek Prodigy? No, I did not. I don't know if it's on... I, know, I think it's on the Sci-Fi channel. It's kind of hard to watch when your dad hugs the TV. If you can get it or watch it, it's I can recommend it because I loved it. I really loved it. It is more than uh, I expected. And especially with the hologram January, that was so super awesome. And... Um, well, if you can't get it, uh, I may have a way that I can show you the first episode. I think I have it somewhere, so give me a call if you if you want to see it. Okay, or I can wait for it to come on DVD and watch it. <laughs> can be too, your choice. Oh, uh, well, and and then, uh, it was really nice to talk to you again. Yeah, same here. Same here. And uh, the next episode we will recap is looking me a Wesley Crusher episode named Justice. Oh, yes, that episode. So, that also is a very interesting episode. Oh, yes, they go down to a planet with people that are basically dressed in hardly anything. <laughs> and Wesley manages to uh, commit a crime. That he, it's basically a crime that Wesley commits by accident. Yeah, and because Wesley was on that planet as a hostage, somebody else went back to that to the Enterprise as a hostage too because Picard had a question about that ship thingy around the orbit and that was intimidating the Enterprise and as soon as she saw that she kneeled and said you are gods to us you can take the boy whatever you want and we are nothing compared with you so that episode is super interesting as well, and we are really going to be a little bit of recapping this now, but okay, can happen. But yeah, it is very uh, a nice episode, and I really love to uh, watch it again. I say goodbye to you, Amanda, and to you guys, live long and prosper. Yeah, talk to you guys later, and yes, live long and prosper. Dear listeners, thank you for listening, and join us in two weeks for a new episode recap. In the next episode, we will recap the episode Justice, of course, a Wesley Crusher episode. Girls Talking Track is also to listen, follow and subscribe on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Facebook group, and the YouTube channel. If you'd like to comment on the episode or talk with us about the episode we just recap, you can reach out on the Facebook group and the YouTube channel of Ghost Talking Track.
We'll see you in two weeks. Live long and prosper.